0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We are glad to have you back for Counselor Find. Um, it's Terry and Zach, and we're into uh, the fourth segment of our series on Authentic Christianity. Hey, yo, what's going on? Hey, yo. Uh, honestly, I'm fighting an ear infection. <laughs> Super. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Well, don't
1: contaminate me.
0: All right. Wait, that's well, not how that works. we will not. Uh... Yeah. Okay. So we're far enough apart. I think we're going to be all right. What's today's Epion? Okay, so um, I think we've looked at living gospel-centered, what it means to have Jesus at the center of your life, mm-hmm. um, and we had a really interesting conversation about what was the gospel. Uh, we talked about humility. We've talked about being sincere and honest, um, what it means to live um, not with pride or self-worth, not finding ourself as mm-hmm. the center of who we are. So much of what we see out in our culture is self-defined.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and then we talked about being pure, how we, um, we live in a culture that wants to rewrite the gospel in our image. We want to say, this is what God meant. Right. From my point of view, this is what I'm okay with, yep. God being. So today, um, you wanted to talk about having the will to change that an authentic Christian is one who is following in the footsteps of Christ and willing to change. Yes. So we're <clears throat> hoping to go with this.
1: Willing and able to change.
0: Willing and able. So what are you thinking? Like, do you have a, a Bible verse that's inspired this? Nope. That, that this is the one that says to me, this is why. Oh, no.
1: Not a <laughs> Just... <laughs> specific verse. No. Nope. Nope. Not really. Nope, I don't know. Not really. Just I... the Bible in general the bible Um, in general i could try and find i guess a verse but um i didn't really have a specific one um more of just like a i guess like a it's kind of a recap or a, um it brings the other three together i think of like all of these things you could probably fake at least for a certain period of time these are things you could you could put on as an act but at the end of the day those things, if they're truly in your life, they will cause change. They will cause repentance. They will cause sanctification.
2: And they will cause, like, I guess you will be able to see that in people. And so it's like chicken or egg, I guess. But like that's like a piece that should be there.
1: They're all kind of tied together in this last... You, if you could you can maybe think of somebody or yourself or whatever and say, oh, yeah, I think they have a gospel-centered life and they're sincere and they're humble. But, no, I've, I've known them for five years and I've never, I've never seen change in them or I don't see change in myself. I don't feel like I've changed over five years. I don't think that I've done any sanctification. I don't think that, you know, I'm still struggling with the exact same sins. I've made zero progress in those. I'm still um, tempted by I don't know the same things or this. I'm still e- as easily tempted by the same things or um, my I guess the where I lack in the fruits of the spirit. That's where I want to try to get at. Where I lack in the fruits of the spirit, I have gained no progress. Right, um, like the, I'm not. I don't know. I don't want to make it like a formula or like say that like this is exactly how you know if someone's a Christian or not. <laughs> like that's not the point of it. But in
2: reality, like, if you have Christ in your life, that should affect you as a person. And over time, that should affect, that effect should be visible.
0: Okay. So I'm going to, what you're saying there about the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm just going to come at this. I'm reading from Galatians 5. Okay. Um, and I'm going to start at verse 16. I'm going to go to 23. So, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, Spirit versus flesh. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the work of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry sorcery hatred strife jealousy outbursts of anger selfish ambition dissension faction envy drunkenness carousing and anything similar i am warning you about these things as i warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of god but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control the law is not against such things those that belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We live by the Spirit. Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So I went to verse 26. I guess what um, I'm thinking about when you say the will and desire to change, the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit is evident in our life. Is it, it should also mean that the the fruit of the flesh is not evident in our lives. Right. Mm -hmm. There should be some kind of changing that the root that we're tapped into. Yeah. Right. Like if, um, so I started watching the chosen. Mm -hmm. I know I'm, I'm scatterbrained here. Um, Season three. Uh, season three. Okay. So I watched the first episode where he's, he's preaching his sermon on the Mount and then he finishes and he sends it. he's like, thanks. That was a great day. I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. I need to pray. I need to get away. Mm So. Go home, take a couple of days, say your goodbyes. We're going to, there, there's change coming. Yeah. And so they all go back into Capernaum or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, to see their families, right? Peter's seeing his, his wife. Uh, everyone's trying to find a place to live. They're trying to welcome each other in and have grace and love to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew's deeply troubled by what he's heard. Andrew's deeply troubled by what he's heard. They all are. Like, I need to ask your forgiveness. I need to reconcile with my parents. I need to, to submit myself into a place where I say, I'm sorry. Right. I was looking at the, the, the speck in your eye and, and not looking at the log in my own or whatever it was. They are, are living with Jesus and he's want, like they want to change they're they're hearing something completely radically different Mm -hmm. right they're like he's john they go to visit john joanna and andrew visit john in prison he's like what did he say and he's and they're like he told us to love our enemies can you believe like yeah i've never heard anyone say that it's dumbfounded
2: yeah well especially because they were like meaning for someone to come save them as a
1: military hero, right? And who's going to defeat their enemies with strength and
0: sword slicing. <laughs> yeah. Like, And even, even Judas is like, I need to do this. I need to follow him. Yeah. And his sister's like, Judas, when have you ever done anything that wasn't motivated by money? Hmm. And he's, he just says, I have to do this. This is, there's something here about real change, true change. True, truly talking about the kingdom of God. Yeah. It goes beyond even money. Um, and it was, it's really interesting because I think there's something here where we get caught up when we talked about this a bit the other day, our idolatry, our desire to do something that is, that feels right, especially in the culture we find ourselves in, and we're not in that place. So I think there should be change that comes right? A sanctification. All of this to say, I've been wrestling with, we were talking last week about, you asked me, what would I suggest you do if you're asked to wear an armband um, to support something that you don't uh, feel the conviction to support? And I said, well, if your heart tells you you should stand against it, you should stand against it. And I think I think that's the right answer, but to do that, to do that in love is really hard. Yeah, and I've been reflecting on that, and some of um, some of the people will listen to that and say, like, it's not about hate; it's about saying this is what I see in the Bible, and and I'm convicted on that biblical, uh, the th- the biblical narrative, uh, traditional Christianity the theological understanding of, of God's desire and design says this is not right. Yep. But I've been convicted too. Like, I think we're so quick to condemn one another. Like, this is what I read, and bam, this is where I stand. And I was thinking about the story of Naaman uh, in the Old Testament. Um, I mean, I'm sure we've probably taught this as a Bible lesson mm. in the last seven or eight years that we've been here. Um, so he comes to Elisha. He has leprosy. He's not an Israelite. He comes and he says, uh, "My slave told me to come to you. You could heal me. Your God could heal me." And Elisha says, "Go and wash in the Jordan River." And he's like, "I wanted a miracle. I wanted something profound. I wanted, I wanted you to to rock my world with a miracle, and cure me of my leprosy. And it's something simple. Are you willing to be obedient to the point of washing in a dirty river?" Seven times going in, coming out. Like, would you go into Conestoga Lake here at camp seven times? Can't come out of that thing clean. And you're going to go in there and you're going to come out (laughs) clean. I know. And that's the thing. And that's what, that's the response. And he, his servant says, you know, if he'd asked you to do some kind of military exploit or to conquer a nation, you would have been all over it. But he's just asking you to go and wash in a river. Yeah. Do you really believe he could heal you? Is it not worth trying? And he does it, right? And he comes out and he's cleaning. He goes to Elisha and he says, this is amazing. I want to give you gifts. And he's like, no, just, just serve the God of Israel. And he's like, well, I will. And I'll, I, I dedicate my life to him. But I need to go home and work and live. Mm-hmm. And I serve my king and I'm his right hand. And when he goes in to pray in his temple to his God, I need to be his right arm. Will God forgive me? And Elisha sends him on his way and says, go in peace. And there's something there. Like sometimes we might find ourselves in a place where you're like, I don't agree with this, but it's also not unloving, like the act that you're engaging in. And I think this is where missionaries often find themselves, right? I'm in, I'm in Pakistan. And I'm sharing the gospel in a Muslim country. And so when they go to to worship on Friday, everybody goes to worship on Friday. I'm not going to stand there and condemn them. I'm not participating. I'm not praying to Allah. But I can engage in worship to, to God within the culture that I find myself to bring a message of God's love to them. Right. And I'm like, whew, that is a tough (laughs) <laughs> Under, that's a tough passage. And I'm not tra- saying that my entire theology should be wrapped around that. I'm just saying there are examples in the Bible that are not so black and white as we often come across. Like when we look for authentic Christianity, we want something we can measure. Yeah. We want to see visible change. And sometimes the change is on the inside.
1: Oh, it mostly is. Right.
0: Yeah. And we're like, Naaman. You need to stand up. He's like, it's all or nothing. It's black or white. And he's like, "Whoa, I'm, I'm still living there. I still work for this king. Yeah, My heart has changed, but I, I can't change all my actions overnight. Right. It's not that I don't love God and I want to serve him. It's that I'm not in a place yet to take this stand.
2: Well, there has to be some sort of outward expression, right?
0: But he has. He said this. He's verbally said this. This is where I'm at. This is the change I want to make.
1: Who are we talking about now?
0: Like, Naaman says this. Oh, yeah, yeah right.
1: Yeah. No, I'm just saying you said it. Might, we might not see it. And I agree, we might not always see the change that's happening. But at the same time, there should be at least some form of outward expression of the change, no? I, think.
0: I don't know. I think it, it <laughs> can be really incremental. It can be a one-degree change. Oh yeah, And we've talked about how, like you and I have talked personally, maybe not in this podcast, but how a one degree change can have, like it's, it's a small change today, but when you get two, three years down the road, it's an incremental change that has happened hmm. uh, in, in the direction that we're heading. Right. Right. If, if a plane leaves Calgary and flies to Halifax and their flight path is off by one degree, they don't land in Halifax. They, they Lance like one degree over 3000 kilometers is a, is a drastic change. Yeah. You're really off target. Yep. And so if we can make that one degree change in our lives, it may not always be something that we're all, everybody's seeing.
1: I just always think about the, um, Oh, I can't remember the pastor's name, but the beautiful eulogy using one of their songs and he talks about faith and That faith is, I don't know if he directly says this, but, like, essentially, faith is positive certainty expressed in action. Right. So, like, there should be, at least, if you have that true faith and you have that, like, God's actually affecting your life, like, he's actually changing you, you are being changed by him, then there will be be evidence of that.
0: Yeah, and I think that evidence will come out. As the fruit of the spirit, which yeah, is love and exactly. joy. There's a peace. There's a patience that, you know, like, but patience, how do I demonstrate patience? Sometimes it's really evident that I have none. And sometimes it's really hard to tell that I have a whole lot. <laughs> right. Um, I've, I've grown in my demonstration of patience. And yet there are times where people are like, wow, he's so impatient. Mm-hmm. Well, part of that's my nature. <laughs> Like, and part of it, the fact that I'm just hangry right now. And if I don't eat something, right. you're not going to see any love, joy, <laughs> or or kindness or goodness out of me. Yeah. Because um, I'm hangry and I'm just going gonna... right. to... But but there's a faithfulness, there's a gentleness, there's self-control. Like, these are all things that we should see as evidence. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. Like... <laughs> But I don't know that I'm saying what you want to say. Like, you're going to have a hard time seeing love sometimes expressed on an outside.
2: And what do you mean by that?
0: Well, sometimes the evidence of love may just be like if we back up a bit here um, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, and factions and envy. My growth in love may just Mm. be less evidence of the flesh having control. Sure. I have I don't have that jealousy. I'm not working into strife. I I think that
1: th- I think the safe way to view this whole thing, I guess, and maybe we should have done this earlier, but it's like it's not this isn't a way to determine whether someone else in your life is a real Christian, a real quote-unquote authentic Christian or like how Strong, their faith is or isn't. It should be a, a discussion or a like um, a thought process for yourself, right? Is my do I have authentic faith? Do I have like is my faith real? Is it um, fruitful? I that guess, may be
0: right. But the catalyst to this is that you're stopping and looking around and going, "Am I the only one authentically Christian? Is that not the catalyst behind this conversation?" Or partially,
2: partially. I'm, I'm
0: looking at my friends going, "My goodness, they are."
2: Yeah, they but I say mean, I, they are I'm, Christians. I'm thinking,
0: but they have thing, sexual like, immorality, they have moral impurity, promiscuity, yeah, idolatry, yeah. sorcery. I'm
1: just saying we're doing this out of the perspective, perspective of like we're trying to hope that people will listen to this and then and then think about it for themselves. For sure, I'm not saying oh, listen okay. to this and then think about it for others.
0: No. But I think that's that's kind hear of Hear what... us,
1: hear the words, hear this what yeah. God's trying to say here, and use it to apply it to yourself.
0: Yeah. Wouldn't
1: it really worry about applying this to other people. Yeah. I think that's again, we've talked about it a little bit in the first episode that there's a different way how God's commands and instructions for us are different from that of how we deal with others.
2: And we've especially around here mixed those a little bit too much, I think. At times, or um, yeah, you know, you've just mixed them a little bit too much.
0: Oh, yeah, it's such an easy thing to do. Yeah. Right? It's so easy to say God hates X, right. God hates this and that and the other thing. And we want to pick up stones and throw those stones at this person caught in adultery. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, well, if you're without sin, well, or like, I, you know, like
1: one it, thing I've seen an issue be is like, we could have someone give us a message like this, you know, it could be a, even a short little, like someone could say something about our lives, right. our lives to us. And unless that person is perfect in our eyes, it's meaningless. Right. Right. Oh, well you do this. So like, oh, well you can't, you have no place to say that to me. That's not how this works. Like, and so then it's just, nobody says anything.
0: Right. Yeah, and and we're not. We're just trying to try trying to call each other higher. Yeah, like, Like, are you really following in the footsteps of Jesus? And if so, like, when someone would follow a rabbi, as we're watching in the chosen, it means like packing up your house, giving your house plants to your sister, and going after Jesus. It means, um, you know, for someone like Mary. Understanding that you're part of something for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And that these people will will love you. And that's never been something that's part of your life. That you are pursuing something and, and the dust of the rabbi is going to get on you. Like you are so close to him that you're right at his feet. Um it's an amazing yeah. imagery, that visual image of like this is what it means to follow Jesus right to to forego your own pleasure to forego your own desires to have this this spirit live in you and and produce fruit
2: that's pretty amazing yeah i think there's a lot of um i think there's also a lot of fear uh in us as a
0: um Sorry, I don't. I'm try trying. I'm just thinking this out as mm-hmm. I, I'm going here. I think there's a lot of fear in Christians in our culture that mm-hmm. if we say something, then we will be
2: yeah, for sure
0: uh, cut off, closed out. Whether it's to other Christians or it's just even into the culture in general. Yeah, and maybe it's because so many people have said things without love. In their voice, like without a desire to see people reconciled to God. Our desire shouldn't be like, hey, this is a get out of jail free card. Mm-hmm. You come to Jesus to get out of jail. It's like you come to Jesus so that you can be reconciled with God. Mm-hmm. You can be completed. That you can, like in the garden, you were created in his image and it was good. Yeah. And what Paul did was break that relationship. And so God's calling you back into relationship. And his kingdom is about restoration and caring for the poor and the needy, the the meek and the humble, that the brokenhearted and the um the poor of spirit will will have have riches, mm-hmm. will have joy. That the hungry for God will be satisfied for God, that those trying to fill the emptiness in them will feel full. Right. Like that is the message. That's the Beatitudes, right? Yeah. Jesus says the kingdom of God is here. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the humble. Blessed are those that are persecuted. Like That whole message is the gospel. Yeah. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be anxious. We can live fully for God in a culture that says, get more, save more, have more, do more. Find your happiness, pursue it.
2: So then, I have a question for you.
0: Sure.
1: (laughs) We're talking about being willing and able to change. Repentance, the willingness to repent, and the ability to repent, and... I guess there's like, again, chicken and egg factor of like, you have God, if the Holy Spirit's in you, then it should bring about some, re- like, desire for repentance, but then you should, anyway, okay. okay, so, let's say I, you see a change in my life in lots of ways, but I'm holding on to one way, I'm holding on to one, let's call it a sin, yeah. one, uh something that is. In the Bible is a sin, it's written there and uh even I can acknowledge that, but I'm not willing to let that go. Something that I I just won't I won't change. Whether okay. maybe it's um drunkenness, maybe it's I don't know. Gossip, envy and, and yeah, I don't know, Idolatry, whatever. Yeah. Sure. Like maybe there's something and I, I just won't
2: unwillingness to change. Right. What does that mean for us? Uh what do you mean? What does it mean
0: for well, us? What does that mean? How like does that? It... How is that okay?
1: Okay, like you know me and I think you know my faith. Yeah. If I said to you today Yeah Um As
0: a friend As a Terry, friend
1: like I Terry, I, I like to get I drunk to... and I'm not gonna stop doing it. Yeah. I just don't I don't really care what Like, that it's wrong, I just, it gets me through, and I want to keep doing it. Would you be, like, do you have concern for my faith? Are you, do you think differently of my faith if I say that? Is there,
2: what implications does that have on my relationship with God and on my faith going forward? Right.
0: And how would I, how would you want me to address that?
1: Well, first, the answer to the first part of just like
2: the theoretical, what does that actually mean for me?
0: Like for me, that's, um, I think for you, it it means that you've, one, you've set yourself a ceiling and you've said, this is, God can have all my life, but not this. Mm -hmm. This is how I define myself. This is my identity. This is, this is my coping mechanism. This is my tool. And, and God will never overcome it. And I don't want him to. Right. When I don't think God can, over, like, right, this is, uh, maybe this is me hearing you wrong, <laughs> but this is me looking at you and saying, okay, so in your life, this is something that you refuse to give to God.
2: Mm-hmm. You've, what, what are the implications of that? Well,
0: the implications of that, well, I think what that does is it puts a ceiling on your on your relationship with God. Okay. Right?
1: And the implications of that?
0: And the implications of that is that <laughs> you're limiting your sanctification. You you're like, "God, I, uh, I I see that you've designed me to be a hammer, but I refuse to hit nails." I, I'm willing but to all hit nails. <laughs> not all nails, like just use me for roofing only. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I really don't want to build decks, and I don't want to be a part of. Okay, so the know,
1: implications of that?
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're trying to say. What, what do you? Well, want I don't to, know
1: what like, is the ultimate. I guess my, I guess I think you're this gonna, is probably a rabbit hole we don't need to go down, but too late. Um,
0: I think one, it's going to impact your relationship with other people because your impact. If you have limits on your relationship with God, yeah, who you've said. Is Lord of my life. Like I submit my life to him. Yeah. Be be king in my life, but not here. Then where are you gonna limit your relationships with other people? Like you're gonna look at always look at somebody else as like now, Leah. Let's say, okay, so now you have a spouse, yeah, who you're like, no, 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 this is my drunkenness. I enjoy this. You can't take that from me.
2: Yeah.
0: And she, what if she comes to you and say, like, Zach, this really affects the way you father we, the way you you love me sure. the way you behave when we're with our friends and i don't you know like this but has impact on a
1: scenario where we remove all those too but like sure but i'm just I'm saying just, like it's going to i guess have... the point of what i'm trying to get at and it is a really like i don't know elementary question but like
0: but i think it it <sighs> it, it impacts
1: there's so many people and i myself at some point in my life would have fallen into this boat sure that's i think i think all yeah. of what i am suggesting and asking this whole thing, yeah, I can say I'm observing it, but it really it's because it's I saw it in myself at one point and maybe I'm still observing it in others and I you know I wanna don't want them to be there. Right. Anyway,
2: so this idea of like, well if I can hold on to that and still go to heaven, then why wouldn't I?
0: Right.
1: What's the minimum I can do? I What's think... the minimum change oh. I can have? And still have eternal life. And whether we recognize it now or not, I think this is something that almost every Christian struggles with, but subconsciously, and at least for, uh, for at least a time in their life.
0: I th- so, can I? I think we, you're right, probably, we have a really wrong view of heaven. Right. We have a really wrong view of what it means to have eternal life.
2: Okay.
0: I think we have been fed this Hollywood popular Christianity uh Valhalla. Sure. Right? Yep. This this um there's yes. a lot of Valhalla and uh what is it? Paradise as defined by Islam and Hollywood like devil and angel on your shoulder pearly gates and lake of fire, I think it's, it's wrong. Okay, I don't but what think is that's that, what heaven but is. What,
1: is the, what, what are you saying? What does that matter to what this question I asked?
0: Because, again, we see this as some get-out-of-jail-free card. The gospel isn't about that. Hmm. The gospel is that the, the kingdom of God is here right now, that you and I are partners with him in building his kingdom. Here and now, Mm -hmm. the the new Jerusalem comes to earth. Like this is, this is, this isn't just a waypoint. This was made for us to flourish. Yeah. This earth that we are on and our relationship was with him in the garden, working with him and caring for the earth and one another. And that's not where we live, but that's heaven. That's, that is heaven. Like side by side with God remaking, restoring this creation. Like that's Colossians, that's that's Revelations, that's that's God, that's Jesus saying, The kingdom of heaven is now, right yeah. here. Today you are with me in paradise, right here, right now. Come to me and no rest, come to me and no fullness, come to me and and not be hungry.
2: Oh, so what are you saying then? Like what is I relate this back to the question.
0: I think what what am I saying? I don't know. I'm trying I'm trying to process this as we as we talk.
2: Yeah. I guess because it's like the other way to word it would be like, How imperfect can we be? Still have
1: eternal life. We know we're yeah. never gonna reach perfection. Because I guess and I, I, I know I know what so I would this say. Is... I have an answer of my own, but I I think this is both and, right? Yeah.
0: And that's the whole paradox of it, is that the kingdom of heaven is now. It is a paradox, isn't it? And the kingdom of heaven is coming. Yeah. And so I am made perfect in my flesh right now, and yet I will also be transformed into a perfect body when Christ returns.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So there's both and. It's... It's almost there and not quite. Right. At the same time.
1: I guess looking from this lens too, it's like we know this idea of like following Christ is a sacrifice. We have to sacrifice things and parts like you know, there's, there's sacrifice there. And so like the natural human flesh tendency then is to at least subconsciously ask the question, well, how much do I have to sacrifice? What's the least amount I can sacrifice to get there? Because like... Why would we want to sacrifice it all if we don't have to, right? Like, we like the worldly and fleshly things that we have. Like, those are what we desire. That's where we were born to desire things in the flesh. And so we do. And so our natural fleshly desire is to want those things. And so we want to keep as much of that as we can, do we not? Right.
0: And so what we've said is, but this, I like how this is. Yeah. I can't believe, God, that you could have something better because i really like this right i like how it is when i'm the center of attention i like how it is when i have all the stories when people come to me for the gossip when people listen to me when i preach like my pride my my envy my yeah right i like how i feel and god's like man i have so much more for you and i think that's where we fall that's fall that's sin that is fallenness assuming that i know what's best for me Mm. from my limited perspective right getting drunk on the weekend feels great therefore i'm getting drunk on the weekend and god says get rid of drunkenness like come to me and i will give you true like i am the vine Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're drinking the fruit of the vine but i am the vine like you were true release do you want true then come to me and we're like i I don't know and i think that's where we limit ourselves is we don't believe that god can do better that would probably be the underlying assumption in
2: that i'm born this way this
0: is my attraction i want this therefore I should pursue that because I know what's best for me.
2: Yeah. I get it. You're not going to say, okay, if you don't give it up, then you're not going to have it because you don't know.
0: I don't know. (laughs) I don't know.
1: No, I get that. All right. Why would you
0: want to be like Paul talks about like everything we do is going to be tested by fire. Right. Why would you want to build something out of straw that's just going to burn up and go away? When you could have had something much better. So
1: here's a more reasonable question, I guess, then. Sure. Is, at least here in our culture and society, we've taken some parts of the Bible to be cultural references. So, oh, that part, we don't have to wear head coverings because that's a cultural reference. Okay. Right? Right. How do we decide, or who gets to decide, what parts of the Bible are cultural references and which ones are not?
0: I think we should be deciding that. Who is we? I think the body of Christ should decide that. Each person on their own? No, I think that's something we do in community. So as long as
1: I get enough people together that agree with me, we can decide something that's just cultural?
0: So, like... Well, that's what happens. Yes, that's what happens. But usually those people are scholars. Well, yeah, and they're everyone... people that have history and archaeology <laughs> and single one anthropology of them... and they understand like they they actually research like okay, let's go back and look at what was the church like in Philippi at 80 AD.
1: Yeah, but even on like a more rudimentary level like anyone who's ever done that or they've decided, oh, no, this is going to be a cultural thing or I'm going to ignore that is <laughs> at first they feel shame for it. And then they surround themselves with enough other people that also feel the same way, so now they no longer feel shame and guilt towards
2: it. Because whole, everyone in their circle is doing it. Yeah, but that's how, that's how
0: change happens. Hmm. Right? We, we believe that the, the universe went around the Earth.
2: So wait, what are you saying?
0: Are like you saying that like 600 years ago.
2: Um, and the well, first who said a wait thing? a second I think Gathered we
1: enough are people as long as you guys decide that drunkenness is a is a cultural issue in the Bible if you all decide that you can do it
0: I don't think so because that's a universal law There's certain things that are universal from start do, to finish What do you
1: mean How do you describe that
0: What do you mean how do I describe that
1: what, Explain <laughs> tell me more What's a uni- what do you mean over universal law
0: There's certain things that seem to be in the Bible that are there from from Genesis to Revelation, there are, there,
2: (laughs) we're taking wisdom literature,
0: Mm -hmm. right? So I write a poem. Let's say I write a poem. Well, when I write a poem, it's totally different than if I write a letter. Right. But I'm going to take this poem, and then we're going to assume that the metaphors I'm using are actually literal. Well, if I write a poem, I'm probably using metaphor. Right. To convey a word picture. Yeah. Right? So you you get into the prophets and we start reading through the prophets and through the Psalms and through the Proverbs, and it's in verse for a reason. Yeah. But then we want to take this verse and make it my lifestyle. Right? I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and to give you a future. Like, yay, God, like I am going to succeed. Like, mm-hmm. no, like he's writing to people that are in exile. You completely stole that. It's a prophetic verse and part of a prophecy to a people that are, he's like saying they want to come back and resettle Jerusalem. They believe that God is going to overthrow the powers. And he's like, no, you're in Babylon. Settle in, build gardens, have weddings, yeah. bury your, your, your parents, like go about life. Because God has a plan for you, and it's a prosperous plan, even in exile. And we're like, no, God has a plan for me, and I'm going to get rich, baby. Like, where did that come from? We've taken that and appropriated it. But the universal law there is that God is in control.
2: So, what are the universal laws? How do we know which ones those are?
0: Because they they are consistently true throughout the Bible.
1: Like they're consistently there in multiple.
0: They're there in Instances the history books, they're there, there. in the poetry, or... they're there in the wisdom literature, okay. they're there in the gospels, they're there in the letters, they're there in the revelation.
1: Right. So you're, you know, murder. Kinda murder is a pretty idea. pretty
0: easy one. Pretty simple. Right from the start, right? Also God illegal, says to Cain, so that's also pretty easy. Don't do this. Just, <laughs> like, be careful. It's crouching at your door. And Cain is okay. like, I want to do it my way. Not unlike my dad did. My dad said I knew better and but I think I can do better than him. And God's like please don't do that.
2: Yeah. (sighs) And the start of the smaller sin, huh?
0: Well, go bigger, go home. (laughs) I guess. Right? Like there. If I'm gonna be God, I'm gonna be God all the way through. If I'm setting myself up as God, if I'm saying this is who I am, this is my identity, this is how I was born. God, you deal with me.
1: Okay, so basically you're saying if it's consistent oh, throughout the Bible in more than, I don't know, <laughs> okay. X amount of passages or, or areas, or it's in multiple types of writing, or I don't know. If it's at least written more than once. Okay. Or in more than just the Old Testament, more than just in a poem. Sure. You're saying it could probably be universal, taken more truthfully. It's not. It can, we can have confidence it's probably not a cultural thing.
2: Correct.
0: Sure. Like I don't know Great. where you're going with this. Are we All still I'm talking saying, about drunkenness? No, well, or are we still yeah, talking anything, about?
1: Because I just think the whole huge part of this this whole thing is that like our society is so hell bent right now on you do you and I'll do me, and that's what'll be good unless your you is infringing on my me in these three ways that we don't like that we've somehow decided as a society are the, the three ways that matter. Right. But other than that, you decide what's true for you, I decide what's true for me. You decide what's right for you. You want to be into animals, good for you. You want to be an animal, good for you. Like it doesn't there's just no sense anymore. And so I just want to like I guess we're all going to have to be drawn back to something. It's all going to collapse at right. some point. You have to remember. Whether this is my lifetime or not. Right. And so, and I think that, like, we've talked about this before. That Christian culture is often the, um, I don't know what the word is, but the, the less intense version of culture that we're in. Right? So um, if I look at myself growing up, but like, right,
0: there's a sense of morality that guides it, so it's not quite as extreme as right. the current culture.
1: Yes. Yeah, so like But it still often reflects current The values, culture. beliefs, and morals that me and my church friends held growing up. Yeah. Were XYZ and along a path that were this many, you know, three steps away from societies. But then society shifted to be more extreme or more. More sexual, more weird, more worse, less, okay, less biblical, right. And I think that the Christian ones follow. They don't. They don't. The gap doesn't get bigger. The gap doesn't necessarily stay the same, but it doesn't get. It doesn't. It doesn't get that amount bigger, right? Society shifts four steps to to one way. That gap doesn't go four steps bigger. Maybe gets two bit two steps bigger because. Christian culture also shifts.
0: Right. And so someone digs in and says, no, the Bible is, is it. Yeah. And so, and now it's got to be, right? Yeah. That's so anyway, our what ten- I'm that's saying that's why is you get I think, that tendency to legalism. Yeah. Like, so I was this this therefore- just,
1: this isn't just a societal or like outside of Christian culture, cultural right. issue. Right. Right. Like the issues that happen in our society in and around us in our high schools and in our workplaces and with our friends and even in our churches, they affect like everybody in every in every culture. Like they don't, they're not just like they're. It's not like we have just two different cultures that exist, um, coexist without any sort of um, overlap or influence on each other, right? And so they do influence each other, and unfortunately, sure. the non-Christian one is doing a lot more of the influencing these days. And right. Anyway, I see. A lot of, that's where I guess I'm getting at it is all this is like, I'm seeing that culture of you do you, I do me sneaking into Christian culture. Right. And so we're losing sight of, no, there are absolute truths. There are um, are uh, universal truths that we need to recognize and uphold. And I guess I would say adhere to, but we're starting to creep into this mindset of like, you know, oh, that's not right for me. That doesn't work for me. And, or maybe the idea of like, well, cultural, right? Oh, it's all cultural. That was good for your culture when you grew up, Zach, but that's not how it is anymore.
0: Well, so can, like on that cultural moment, like a cultural context, we are in our culture. Mm-hmm. When I read the Bible, I'm reading it through my Western Canadian eyes. Yeah. My, can, my central Ontario Canadian grew up here, affluence around me. Um, even the poor aren't that poor. It. You can't un- Right. So I'm reading yeah. the Bible and I'm putting my Western Canadian lens on the Bible. Yeah. And I'm saying to myself, right? So wait a second. Paul had no concept of what Canadian life would be like. How am I reading this and applying this currently? Yeah. So I think going back to your context, like what's contextual and what's not. Yeah. Well, we need to understand the context of certain things for sure. So we can understand what he's trying to say to us.
2: Yeah.
0: And when he says stand firm, he's not saying as an individual, you need to stand up for your rights. That's not what stand firm meant. It meant like in an art you're in a battle here. And if if you hold firm you're part of a phalanx, right you're part of this Roman unit right It's fighting against the forces of evil and darkness in the world. You need to stand firm because the person beside you requires if, we, if you stand firm and I stand firm and we stand firm, it's all of us together as a unit mm-hmm. We'll get through this battle. but we, we take it as a very individualized comment. it's about me standing firm in my place yeah in my belief in my he's like no this is about us as a community stand firm then with the the belt of truth around your waist and the gospel right the helmet of of faith and the shield of um oh, I'm, I'm totally lost but you know what i mean <laughs> the, the these are the things he's telling us to stand firm yeah. together as a unit
1: i know yeah you're getting down a hole here on the stand right. firm but like anyway i get what you're saying
0: um but we're, we're so quick to say, well, ah, how, how can you be the one who tells me what culturally is acceptable in the Bible and what's not? Yeah. And, and the, the problem is, is because when we start to, we try and make the Bible fit our Western view, and we say, well, this is cultural, so I can reject it. Well, Well, no, like, time out. Why was it said? What yeah. was the cultural context for? Is it a universal truth? Is it something we need to apply to us, or was this just for the church in Ephesus?
1: Well, the other thing I keep thinking about is, but like, does
0: it mean that we doesn't mean we reject the Bible?
1: Well, yeah, because the other thing I keep thinking is, just because it doesn't seem like it fits the culture that you're reading it in, doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Guess what? Jesus didn't always fit the culture he was in. We didn't he at all. He was
0: anti-cultural constantly. Well, that's back to so our initial like, saying. If why we're following you, Jesus, why we do will we go think, against
1: our culture? Why do we think we have this right to be? Yeah. Everything that we get to read to follow from the Bible is going to fit our culture nice and neatly. yeah why do we think we have that right? like So Can I, yeah. you imagine
0: so again, we'll go back to that point, like Jesus is saying these things, and it sounds so revolutionary to yeah. the Jewish people listening to him yeah, who have the Bible has they have his Bible yeah, and he's just preaching and teaching on what they're already reading yeah. On what they're already saying.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like,
0: everything he is saying to them is completely God's message. Right. From that, from the Old Testament. Yeah. And they're looking at it going, wow, this is revolutionary. What, what do you mean, love your enemy? hmm What do you mean, love, who, like, well, then who's my, who's my enemy? Well, who's your, yeah. my neighbor? Your neighbor's your enemy. Yeah. And, and he's taking it from the Old Testament. And we're like, oh, Jesus is so revolutionary. Like, Jesus is just taking what God said and, and clarifying it because we got caught up in context. We got caught up in um, Jewish nationalism. You, you got caught up in this uh, theocracy of making, you know, instead of making God your king, you made your scriptures the king. And you're so adamant about your scriptures that you're missing God who gave you the word. Like yeah. the word was there to point you to him, not to become your law. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I feel like I got to this
0: bring this is, back a little sure. bit because we were started so let's with to willingness
1: and able to change. Right. And I think the reason I went down this hole is because I just think we're, we're way quicker or our tendency now is to try and get, the Bible to change to fit us instead of us to change to fit the Bible exactly and so okay I think that <laughs> good point that, that might bring it back a little well, bit yeah. but we so yeah, we, we n- throw the Bible out sure. because it
0: doesn't fit who I am or at least the parts we don't want we use. don't want this section and that section yet. yeah that doesn't work no <laughs> that doesn't Sorry. work especially when Not... it's a universal law like well we're going to cut out this section and this section and this yeah. section and this section I've dropped pieces from every part of my Bible now because right. I don't want to see those parts. Yeah. That's not what it's about.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, and it's really disheartening. Like, we should be, if we're authentically following Jesus, if we're living a truly Christian life, then it means that we will be defined by love and peace. But there should also be joy. You're so caught up in your legalism that you have no joy, That then you miss the gospel. Yeah. You should have self-control. You shouldn't be getting drunk or getting into fights or gossiping, whatever it is, because you have self-control. Right. You know, your faithfulness should see you through your doubt, and doubt and pain are going to come. That's what faithfulness is about. God, I don't get it, and it hurts, and it's not how I want it to be so i submit myself to you you know better you actually have my best interest in mind and so i submit this to you and let it go yeah how impossible it seems to some people Hmm. god i was born with the same sex attraction how can i possibly live in a uh mixed gender marriage a mixed orientation marriage right like why would you call me to do that or god i have been born and um i just i i just love sex so why would you make me get settled down with one woman
1: grief these examples are well i'm just
0: as they're extreme i'm (laughs) sure but i'm just saying that this is where our culture goes Like, like god yeah god how could you make this for me why should i have to um sacrifice i just want what i want I want to be rich, God. I'm tired yeah. of living and not having Starbucks every day. Like, I just want it. That would be awesome. It would be awesome. I'm oh, I'm not disagreeing.
1: Apparently, and is getting a Starbucks, by the I way. I
0: did. It's The Dangerous. rumor where oh Man, that rumor oh, went through man. town really quick. It's
1: not a rumor, but yeah.
2: <laughs> anyway, it's unbelievable.
1: It was confirmed by an actual it was worker, confirmed. So, who knows if they actually know the truth, but... Well, it's their truth. Believe it when I see it. Right. Because that's their, their truth, truth and not yours. Oh, here we go. Oh, anyway, uh, it's been <laughs> close to an hour. Oh, wow. So... Well, thanks, everybody. I don't know if we made any sense on this one at all. I but thought
0: it did. But I was in at least the middle something. of it. Well, I was... Yeah. That's
1: the series. That's probably the series. Probably could have said more. Probably could have said
0: less. Yeah.
1: Maybe we'll try harder next time. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know what we're going to do on the next one. Take a week off and think about it, maybe. Okay. And uh, we'll see you soon. See you next time, I guess. Thanks, everybody. Bye.
0: Bye.